Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. I, I saw Kellen coming in. Really, that fourth down play got him going. Um, you know, that's what we want to see him do. Uh, I, I have no doubt that both these guys are going to continue to compete, but there's some critical plays in there that both those guys were able to make. Um, and then I know there's some plays that when we watch it back, we'll be able to continue the process of coaching these guys. Um, but ultimately, uh, we'll take a look at you know what the tape ultimately says. Where, did we miss any ops? Did we take advantage of anything um, that, that uh, we should have? And then ultimately, you know, it'll be here. The Niners practices will be here before you know it. Did we miss any ops? That's another. Yeah. I'm assuming he means opportunities. Yes. You, yes. you just shortened the word opportunities ops. there. Opportunities. Okay. Opportunities are important. Yeah. Ops are knocking. Ops are knocking exactly for the QB2 right. competition. Sounds like a very football thing. Well, let's uh, we'll, we'll put all of our thoughts from yesterday's preseason at Game 1 on, on the table here on Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. I am in enemy territory this week. I am in Chicago, Illinois. I'm downtown Chicago right now Bear for down. Some, uh, some Hubbard Radio Ooh. Company meetings. But mostly just to, to scout how depressed Bears fans are going into yet another rebuild. Really no skill position players of note on that team. What do you mean? Tajay Sharp looked great Saturday. Tajay Sharp was unbelievable. Oh my God. Didn't even know he was on their team. He made uh, made one phenomenal catch. He's going to be their best guy. I'm sure he did. Uh, Purple Daily is presented by our friends at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, always stunning picture quality. And they make more than just TVs, folks. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances, TCL bringing you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Also, the summer of Surly is still in full swing, and uh, we all saw you guys sending. I don't even know what concert it was. Was it last night or two nights ago? Uh, Lord Huron, I believe, was there on Friday. Lord Huron. Mm. Good band. Okay. Band. Judd's a fan of their early work. Yes. But uh, people familiar. were sending in pictures of their Before I Die cans of beer from the stadium. It was awesome. Summer of Surly uh, into, into concert and fall season. Very exciting, Judd. Absolutely. Are you kidding? Before I die, it's growing. In the summer of Surly, it's only it's only growing because all of us are on board with that one thing, of course. Before I die, the Vikings win a Super Bowl, but at least before you die. A new delicious flavor from our friends at Surly. Yes. So, okay, we're going to start here. Let's have the Kellen Mond conversation here. Let's start with an email. These are Judd's preseason game notes, but I'm going to throw an email out to start the conversation from Paul Engelson Mm -hmm. via the Scorner app. 
Isn't it amazing what practice can do to improve your game unless you listen to Judd? See, with Judd, Kellen Mond goes to practice to improve. But what we get from Judd is don't bother practicing, Mond won't improve. Thank God Kellen Mond and others don't listen to Judd, Mr. Negative, more interested in what others have to say. Isn't it amazing? Kellen Mond throws two touchdown passes, and Jud- Judd's boy Mannion didn't throw any. I don't know if Mannion what? is Judd's boy. That's Have I been st- not quite stumping accurate. for Sean? Uh, no, you have not. Oh, okay. Thank uh, but, you very much. But you, but you have been painting a very gloomy picture oh, yeah. of Kellen Mond. Yes. And I have seen a lot of feedback in the Score North app via Twitter. People ripping you for how negative you've been yep. with your practice reports, and now that people, you know, not no, not that many fans actually go to practice here, so right. a lot of people are seeing Mond for the first time, right? And he looked fairly decent in that preseason game. So why the gap? Why the gap? Why why are you oh. why are you withholding all of the positivity oh. that we've seen from Mond in the practices? Ladies and gentlemen, beware. Beware of Sloter Syndrome. The summer of Surly is good. Sloter Syndrome is the worst thing that can possibly happen. And that is, you see, Score North sends me to Vikings training camp on a daily basis because in training camp, the practices might be and probably are more important than the actual games. The games are allowing things to play out a bit. But keep in mind what we've been And I do not mean to be condescending here, but I will be. Keep in mind what we have been saying, which is you have more control over the practices than games. And so seeing things in games is absolutely fine. But seeing things in games and then dismissing what Judd Zolgat and the coaching staff think about practices is a major mistake. Now, Kellen Mond did some good good things. But I also went back and charted all of his throws from that game yesterday. And the reality is this. Everything I've told you I saw in practice, for the most part, happened. First read, empty backfield, touchdown pass. Because I said, I've never said he can't make throws. I've never said he can't make throws. I've said the decision-making when plays are extended is a problem. And so I really think what we got was we got a very nice sampling of, in reality, the good and bad of Mond. Where I will say I have landed after what we saw yesterday is I have landed with much more of an open mind to give him a chance at QB3. Because I was thinking, practice squad guy, like you cut him and you tried to get him through. Um, What I saw yesterday, I think, justified giving him time to be QB3. But the Vikings do not have, and this is what we've been saying this entire time, and I still believe it to be true, QB2 for this season where expectations are high is not on the roster and making Mond QB2 would be a disservice to the team and Mond. And that's the reality. But don't you think you're calling this race prematurely? So this was the first preseason game. He's learning a new system just like everybody else is. Right. And so these these preseason games exist and these joint practices like you're going to see against San Francisco, all of this stuff exists so that you can gradually soak things in uh-huh. get better uh-huh. the game can slow down for you and and so his next test will be the two-day joint practice against san francisco and then we'll have more information then and then you'll have another preseason game and then he'll probably play a ton in the third preseason game and then somewhere around that time teams will have more serious discussions about who might be available via trade right and so i guess i think i feel like you have i'm not i'm not 
I don't disagree with your observations. I think everything you've ob- observed is fact that, yeah, he's been a slow processor to this point. But mm-hmm. he did a lot of good things in that game yesterday. He he used his legs at times. Now, is it possible he sometimes bails on a play when there's no pressure with his legs like young quarterbacks do? Yes. But he, he kept some plays alive. He made some throws down the field, a couple nice touchdown passes, generally led the offense. Now, was he Kirk Cousins? No. Was he Aaron Rodgers? No. Right. But did he do some things in that game yesterday that at least made me and a lot of other people curious? Oh, okay. Let's see here. I'm not I'm not gonna shut this thing down before the joint practice in the second preseason game. I just I feel I feel like you've called this race like two weeks ago and and, and just that he has no business even being out there for the next month trying to compete no, for the no, number no. two quarterback job. I said he is a he, Yes, no, yes he's the third yes. quarterback. You can't make no, him I'm, I'm the talking backup. about QB two. No, 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 no. He is not QB2. He, You can't put him in a regular season game. He was seeing the most vanilla blitz packages possible. In a regular season game, I'm telling you, this guy. Now, if you had a team that had deconstructed itself and, and was trying to build back up, maybe. But when you have a team with this many components brought back to win... If you put him on the field in a regular season game, you are crazy. And I guarantee you Kevin O'Connell privately would say the same exact thing. I'm not cutting him now. I'm saying I am leaving the door open for the reality of the fact that I think he might have a chance to be the third guy. I'm also saying you can't build this thing up and go into this year saying the Vikings are going to contend for the Division title. And oh, by the way, if Cousins gets hurt, we're going to put in a guy who in a regular season game against real defensive game plans would absolutely fail. No way. I'm not doing that. But how can you say, again, with three weeks left and multiple preseason games and a joint practice against San Francisco, at the end of this whole thing, I think there's a good chance that you're going to be right. Mm-hmm. But you're like you're not even letting it play out. You're just sitting here saying, "Oh, I've seen two weeks of practice, and that's enough to just say." Despite the fact that he looked a lot better in that preseason game than he has looked, according to you and other people in practice, yes. that yes. you are, that you you don't need to. You, okay, Mike Zimmer, you don't need to see anything else. There's no room for a second year guy to to. This is a crucial stretch where you're going to be force fed a ton of practices and opponents now over two or three weeks. This is the time where guys start to improve. You're just putting him in the Kyle Sloter bin already. That he's just, no, I'm not cutting him. No chance he has any chance to be a backup quarterback. I just said I am not cutting him. I think that he has a chance to be QB three and be on the fifty three man roster. So I am not. Sloter got cut. Sloter was a goner. I'm saying based on what I saw on Sunday, I do believe that there's a better chance that he can stick now. But right now, as you sit down, as the Vikings sit down today to go through the, the film and probably. More importantly, have some big picture conversations about where things are trending, good and bad. And by the way, this game lends itself to seeing a lot of things, which I really liked. Like for anyone melting down, well, they look terrible. You know what? Dad, you want that. Like they did, they handled this game perfectly. But that being said, the big picture conversations on the quarterback position today have to continue to be what we have seen. You can't see the, the problem is people. People want to dismiss training camp practices and be like, well, he proved it in the game. And the re- the reality is that practices are as important or more important. And so if Kellen Mond continues to play well in games and develops in practices, that's a great thing. But I also don't want to put this kid in a position to potentially fail because I thought he was 
my QB2. So in many ways, I'm trying to protect him from himself because of development. So I'm not, look, I was impressed by things too. I, I was I was not surprised and I was disappointed in things as well. That scramble that he made where I believe the play-by-play guy compared him to Tarkington, which is a very nice comparison, my God. Um, it, it did there, look a little like Fran Tarkington. It did. Unfortunately, there are two guys by the end of that play in the back of the end zone wide open. Amir Smith-Marset in the corner of the end zone throws his hands up like, oh, my God, I cannot be more um, open here. So the point being, you saw some good, you saw some bad, and that's all fine. I'm not cutting Mon, but I but let's tamp down the excitement a bit to be realistic, which is unless he absolutely positively in practice takes off now. Um, and in his defense, too, the last thing is I'm all with the people who say, you know what? He got screwed last year. He did. He didn't get developed, which is why I'm not out. I'm not out because this is his development year. But. That being said, I'm also not prepared now to say he is your backup quarterback to Kirk and it's set. So I am I am very much in the work in progress stage, but also the let's be completely realistic about where this kid is at stage. So, yeah, and I and hold on real quick. Let me throw one more thing and then Declan, you be the tiebreaker on this because I want to clarify my point, too. I think at the end of the day, if I had, you know, for whatever reason, if there was a, a gun to the head scenario where you ha- you have to pick a path on your backup quarterback take, yep. there's a gun to your head. I would say, all right, in three weeks, I'm probably going to side with Judd on this. But I don't want to have to trade an asset for a backup quarterback if there's one to potentially be developed here in the next three to four weeks behind a durable starting quarterback. And so I would rather Kellen Mond be good enough to be your backup quarterback where you could at least feel comfortable because you say like, yeah, well, he's going to face a lot more exotic defenses, which is correct in the regular season. Well, guess what? He's also going to have Justin Jefferson to throw to and Adam Thielen. You know, he's not he's not out there throwing to the two best receivers on the roster. So he's going to have better weapons as well to utilize and to get the ball out quick and they will scheme it up. So I'm saying if it's between ideally his development continues. He, he he sort of has a light bulb moment here in the next couple of weeks, and you feel good enough versus trading a fifth round pick for a backup quarterback that's probably not going to play based on how durable Cousins is. The best case scenario is in house, but I think you're right. I think QB two is either going to be Sean Mannion, which oh, no. is a, which will be a train wreck, no. or it will or it will be someone that's not on the roster. So, so it, I, but I just think you're just closing the you're just closing the not, book so early on this. I'm not. I'm telling you where I think things stand. Closing the book would, would be saying he can't play. No, you're closing the book on him as QB two, right? Because I don't. Okay, Dex, go ahead. So, are you saying though he has taken at least one step forward of being a guy who wasn't on the roster to being QB three? Is that basically what your assessment is after watching him yesterday? That he he has moved from a guy who wasn't even going to be probably a fifty three guy to now. Probably a lock to be a 53 guy in QB3. Not a lock yet, but I saw enough where I, I would certainly continue to explore it. And I definitely changed my opinion to a degree by what I saw. Like, there was some good stuff there. Now, now for those who say, I, I think the, the Pioneer Press said he absolutely shined, that's... That's folly. He did not shine. There were a lot of bad plays too. But he. What word would you use? You swap out shine for what? For what? I think word? the strip had had a good, good one. Something about you know solid or something. Like he just like he didn't star. 
Um, he made some god-awful throws and some really bad plays. He also made some nice ones. I think that he is, I think it's very fair to just paint this as he is a work in progress with a coaching staff who can help him, which is excellent, which is great. Um, and I'm not saying that I watched that, that game and said, oh my God, who cares? I do care a bit, but I do, but we easily lose sight of the fact that training camp practices mean a ton as well. And so to Phil's point, X, I am very curious, and I actually think the Vikings are going to technically face San Fran three times this week. Wednesday, Thursday, and then in a a game. To me, the game itself might be the least important day. Like the actual practices are going to be because they're controlled and and you can create the environment exactly uh, that that you want to test, guys. Uh, but yes, I definitely think that what I saw yesterday, I could see him as QB three and going in. I think I probably said practice squad guy. I, I was just gonna. I think there, there's a very viable option that he still becomes QB two if he continues to progress the way he's progressing. He gets off the field on that touchdown, and Kevin O'Connell gives him the big pat on the helmet, like just encouragement, dude. Like just having some type of encouragement there for him, I thought was big. Um, I, I guess. If you can find a viable backup option, great. But no matter what, I think, if they start someone who's not named Kirk Cousins, whether it's Kellen Mond, Sean Mannion, or throughout whoever the, whatever backup quarterback you want, the Vikings season is most likely going to be screwed. Like, you're going to have a situation where things are now not going to plan. So no matter who the QB2 is to a degree, you'd have to change your entire script there. So I actually, you know, with, with that comment that Dex just made in mind, last night, well, I was on my fourth flight in the last five days, just Ugh. trying to enter- entertain, and uh, and I was I was I was curious about what is the bar for a, a backup quarterback in the NFL? Because you know, I, I think we sit here and we have these discussions about Mannion and Mond, and and you know, what what should the bar be for a backup quarterback? And I would say the the bar is fairly low when you look around, and I've I've categorized them in three categories. I want to present this to you guys. Mm-hmm. The bar is fairly low, but the Vikings have not even really met the low bar right. since 2017. Yep. Case Keenum was the last time they really, and now he wound up exceeding the bar mm-hmm. just because of that magical season they had. But uh, I think the bin number one is there's a handful of teams that have a young quarterback with upside that ideally will be a starter at some point for that team or for another team. As so I would say Tyler Huntley with Baltimore, Gardner Minshew probably gets a starting job at some point. Jordan Love threw three interceptions, but he's still in this bin of, you know, they drafted him in the first round, but he's a young guy with upside to maybe be a starter. Right. And then Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, there might be another guy or two in there, but there's like a handful of these backup quarterbacks are sort of being groomed to eventually be starters for that team or for another team. Then there's a group of like 10 teams with a semi-competent veteran. And I don't think you'd want this guy in for 16 or 17 games because you're probably not a playoff team, but... Mitch Trubisky, Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett with the Browns, Andy Dalton with the Saints, Case Keenan with the Bills, Taylor Heineke with the Commanders, Nick Foles Colts, Teddy Bridgewater Dolphins, Joe Flacco Jets, Geno Smith or Drew Locke with the Seahawks. And then there's the third bin, which is everybody else. And that's a bin with Colt McCoy and (laughs) C.J. Beathard and Kyle Allen and uh, Jarrett Stidham, Brian Hoyer, and these these are guys. And Sean Mannion is kind of in that bin, but near the bottom of it. Yeah, I think what Judd is saying is, and I agree with this. 
ideally you'd like a young guy with upside who can maybe be a starter at some point, but in the absence of a Malik Willis, and Kellen Mond you'd hope to put in that bin, but he's not right now. In the absence of that, it's nice to have, don't laugh, a Mitch Trubisky sitting a Joe back Flacco. there, right? Just somebody well, that has won right games now. before that can, that can come in. Yeah, and Flacco's you know, maybe they're, they're not going to go 4-0 if your right. quarterback misses a month, but can you go 1-3 and or 2-2? Two and two? But what do you have to trade at this point? Are you, am I going to have to trade a third-round pick for... I'm not going to get Jacoby Brissett from the Browns at this point. Well, I'm not going. Am I going to get Nick Foles from the Colts? Maybe Minshew got what a six round pick. It was like a fifth or a sixth. I would round trade pick. a fifth yeah. or six. Yes, absolutely. But but the most important the most important question about Mond is this: What does the coaching staff think, and what does the coaching staff want to do? And the coaching staff, one, and that this is a great thing, cares about quarterbacks. They care about development. Two is, the most important thing I'm saying is this. If you have to play Mond, and Kirk, I know it's a long shot, but he could get get hurt. He could get COVID again. Who knows? But if you have to play Mond, and you are going to stunt his long-term development by playing him, that's the most important thing. The way we have to think of, of this is, how do you cultivate a guy like Mond to become as successful as he can possibly be? And sticking him in, in week four, is not it. It's not going to be. I know we all say, oh, it's fun. He can run around. And I mean, he's going to run around. And then, no, 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 no. You want to develop the player. And this coaching staff, in my opinion, offensively, is going to do a really good job of making the assessment on development. So this is not saying that I think Mond is, is going to be a train wreck. There have been times I've seen that and talked about that. This is saying I also think there is going to be a step back internally with the Vikings to say, Kellen Mond's development is going to be predicated on our decisions. And I think we can all agree that Kellen Mond's first year is a wash. It didn't help him. It hurt him probably. So there's nothing. So you can't say, well, but I mean, Mond learned in 2021. No, he didn't. He was ignored. He is now not being ignored. He's being cultivated. And what the Vikings, I think, are going to do is they're going to develop him. And the wisest way to develop him is not to stick him into a game in week five and hold your breath. Uh, I will say he did hit the over on prize picks for yardage yesterday. Hey, so that was uh, that was good for for a lot of people out there. You, you Here's how you play prize picks. It's, ve- it's very easy. <laughs> you pick between two and five players and an over-under on their projections. You went up to ten times your entry. Prize picks offers every major sport. So maybe you had a little uh, over here on Will Zalatoris oh, yeah. and a little over I there know. on Kellen Mond. That's it. You just got to fire your caddy and then pick up a new one and you'll be uh, you'll be good to go. So uh, yeah, use the promo code NORTH and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. It's $100 bonus cash. Promo code NORTHPRIZEPICKS.COM. Speaking of golf, mm-hmm. okay, we're approaching fall golf season at the Meadows of Mystic. Summer golf season is still here, but my favorite's fall golf season. Dex. That's right. I mean, just like Will Zalatoris, what are they going to say now? Well, I'm going to say you should go to Meadows at Mystic Lake, which is still you can savor the summer there. You can book your tee time at GolfTheMeadows.com, an award-winning 18-hole public golf course. They have scenic fairways, GPS-equipped carts. Old Dex tweets isn't too good with yardage, so it's really nice to know, like, hey, when I uh, just poke a drive not too far, oh, Dex, you're only still 200 yards from the hole. Okay, I can still know what I want to do there. They can have, they have that technology built in. That's really nice for me and other golfers as well. Book your tee time now at GolfTheMeadows.com to learn more at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. 
All right, let's get to some some other Judd camp notes here, some Judd preseason game one notes from the old college rule notebook. Just quickly here, uh, back to QB and potentially QB2. Uh, the snaps in the game, Mon 26, Mannion 25. I don't need to see Sean Mannion take another snap. I don't see the use. Like, I literally, I don't see the use. What am I preparing him for? Yeah. Um, there's nothing there. Like he is, he, he is who he, he is. It ain't changing. I don't, I don't understand now how 25 snaps helped anybody other than to say, Sean, it's been a great career. You are going to do great things. You're a young man in life. You're an old man in football, but tell me if, if you, you guys think I'm crazy or I'm wrong, but do you need to see Sean Mannion take another preseason snap? Because no, no, I don't. No. I got hose on to write that down. He needed 15 pass attempts from Kellen Mond. Why is Sean Mannion going back in the game? To, There's only 14. For the snaps. I got hosed. That's why. I know. To even up the snaps. One more pass attempt. What the heck? No, I know. And, and by the way, Sean, no. I, I know Phil's the, is, is the resident guy who likes to shave his head. Sean, shave that head, buddy. Like, he got a huge bird's nest right here. Looks like, There's uh, just like a tiny bit of, like, just, Old buddy, school quarterback, dude. Shave the head. It'll be better. Just shave the head. I know you're only 30 years old, and, and hair loss to me is, like, one of the most scariest things legitimately. But just shave the head, Sean. You don't need, you don't, you, you don't need the little patch right there. <laughs> just a little word of advice. Shave the head. Yeah, I think you guys are. I'm good. I don't need to see anymore. I just don't need I'm to good. see anymore. So, as people were freaking out, and saying, what, the Viking, this is terrible, this is terrible. One is, I loved the approach. 11 starter set. And you know what? Thumbs up, Kevin O'Connell. This is this gave you an opportunity to say, you know what? We are going to make sure that those 11 guys don't get hurt. And, more, and just as importantly, or close, I guess, is this. It gave you an opportunity to see the good and bad of your potential depth. And let me start with some good. The back, the the backup, backup running backs. Nuwangu looked great, mm-hmm. and Tyson Chandler looked fantastic. And I know it's one game, but these are the things we've talked about, right? Speed and and Wangwu since he came back from an injury that cost him a few days, I think now a week and a half ago, has is clearly going to play a key role here. Um, but what I saw and what I have seen from that group, there is some legitimate. Depth here that is going to create some very intriguing roster decisions, especially in the last cutdown from eighty to fifty three. But I was I was impressed, and I've been impressed. Yeah, there was so. In fairness, some of the the longer runs were gaping holes created by the offensive line, which I'm sure we'll get to as well. But there was one run in particular by yep. Ty Chandler. Yep, I should have had I should have sent it to you, Dex, for for the YouTube audience. But uh, he took a handoff. And it was like there's a little bit of pressure coming in from the left side of the offensive line as he was taking the handoff. He cuts to his right and then jump cuts back to his left and zing up the middle for, I don't know, seven or ten yards. Just You could just tell, whoa, okay, there was some jump cutting in here. Football. The guy just looked like a natural runner. Yes. And so. The kick return? This is, yeah. That was gorgeous. That was great. Legit running back depth for this team. I don't think if. Like right now, if you said, "Hey, yeah, there's some injuries, and Ty Chandler and Kane Wangwu are gonna, you know, they're gonna be the number one, number two backs against the Packers in Week One," I don't think you'd panic. I don't think you would. I'm not saying they're gonna be as good as Dalvin Cook, right. uh, or you know, as as veteran as Alex Madison in his three years, but 
Yes, they have legit running back depth. Absolutely. And here, here's what excites me potentially the most about that. They look like they could both run some great Kansas City Chiefs-like plays, right? Like with that speed. Mm-hmm. I I can only – it's going to seem weird, but we are going to, I think, starting in the opener against the Packers, we are actually going to start seeing plays that are the National Football League 2022. Like we're going to see plays and we're like, oh, Andy Reid does that, right? And and so when I see those two, I think if you even get them on the field for a package of plays, for a package of plays, the potential for surprise there is huge. So that's one good thing. Two, linebacker, Brian Asamoa looks like the real deal. Yeah. He looks like, and gents, that guy plays like a safety. Like I am so... I am excited to see where this is going, but in watching him and his uh, tackling, and I saw one uh, on Twitter today with him, and I think it was an open field tackle looking like a safety. Asamoa, I think, could see substantial playing time fairly quickly. I I think he's for real. You've been talking about him, excuse me, in practice the last few weeks. And just the number that he wears, his size, uh-huh. he's listed at like 225 pounds. And it was really interesting watching him against another team with just the way that you would be used to watching football, you know, on TV. And there was one play, it was a third down play, and the Raiders tried running out to the left, and he just knifed through all of the traffic, made, I think it was technically a no gain, may have been a slight tackle for loss. And, uh, you know, you're watching and you think, oh, that. Who was the safety that just ran right. up? Was that you know? Was that and was it Antoine Winfield playing slot <laughs> corner? Was it Harrison Smith? Mm-hmm. And it was two hundred twenty-five pound, lightning fast Brian Asamoah. So you can you can see the vision they had in their minds when they drafted him, and I think the fact that he came in, he was basically the I think he replaced Hicks. He was among the first wave of backups. So, um, you know, he's going to get some run. He's going to get some playing time yep. and. You can definitely see what they were looking at when they drafted him. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, next thing. Also good. Offensive line play. But I'm going to go to the second team. Ed Ingram, I still think, is going to start opening day. Ingram looks really good. And and um, while there, there certainly were some whiffs in the Spielman era, Ed Ingram was a good pick. A second-round pick. I think he starts. And correct me if I'm wrong, but did Austin Schlotman look good to you guys? Because Austin Schlotman, in pass protection, looked like he got it. Like, he might not be great. I'm not I'm not trying to say he's great, but I am trying to say there was an ability in pass protection that looked pretty good, and I think he might be solid. Not a star, but you don't need a star. You need a guy at center who is solid, and Schlotman, to me, looked like a guy who has the ability, and it's going to take a lot for him to beat out Bradbury, but the ability to at least be a solid center in pass protection. Well, good news for you. The PFF grades from the first preseason game are live now. Oh, I love this. Yes. And so I can tell you I can tell you with data here, yeah, Austin Schlotman played 30 snaps in this game, 13 run-blocking snaps, 17 pass-blocking snaps, yep. zero pressures allowed. Yep. 
pretty good. In fact, the Vikings only allowed, let's see here, seven pressures as a team. One of them was on Alex Madison. The others went to Brian O'Neill, Jesse Davis, Wyatt Davis. Wyatt Davis appeared to be really struggling in pass protection. Yeah, against yeah, backup, it's not going to work out too good for, yeah, for sorry, him. Rob. I suggest he gets yeah. uh, a different career. In fact, let's uh, just just for fun here. Let's yeah. just go through the the highest graded, um, highest graded pass protectors in that game were Vidarian Lowe in his thirteen snaps. Thirteen. Some yeah. of these are small sample size. Christian Derisaw, Blake Brandle, Ezra Cleveland, Josh Sokol. Uh, Garrett Bradbury, all of these were above a 70, so they're above average performances. Ed Ingram, and is it Timon Paris, the yep. other tackle that's buried in the depth chart? And Kyle Hinton was okay, too. Yep. So, yeah, the, but so not not many pressures just in general allowed. Now, again, you're not facing... If you're facing the Raiders in the regular season, they're going to dial some stuff up. You're going to be you're going to be facing, you know, their best defensive players. But yeah, I think I mean by and large, the offensive line looked fairly competent last night. But the one that stood out the most was probably Ingram, as you said. I mean, there was one. There's another clip going around. I think I retweeted this last night at Phil Mack. If you want to find it, uh, the ball was snapped, and uh, Ed Ingram's first responsibility was uh, the interior defensive tackle to his left, and so he. You know, he he does his thing for about a second and a half, and then the center comes over and picks up that defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. And so then, again, this is a rookie. Ed Ingram moves to his right, and there's a defensive end battling. And I, I can't remember who the right tackle was at the time, but he tries to spin off the right tackle, and Ingram has now moved from one defensive lineman to the other to help with a double team. So um, the film does a better job of explaining it than I just did, but it was a very advanced concept for a rookie to be able to just, you know, a second and a half here, yes. pass him off to the center, move over here to the right tackle. I mean, there's some complicated stuff that happens throughout NFL games, and he handled a couple of those plays with the ease of a veteran. So Ed Ingram, probably the star of the offensive line, I would say, last night, just watching that game. Patrick Jones, defensive end. Um, he he had a five of the Vikings' sixteen pressures by the uh, PFF stat I am staring at right now. Patrick Jones um, had a couple plays that were questionable. He, he got he got sealed off on I think it was a Raiders touchdown where he he basically should have been in position to make the tackle long before the guy got to the end zone and was not. But Patrick Jones, I think, has potential to be a starter at some point. Not this year, hopefully, uh, because if, if he does start, that means that uh, Smith or Hunter has gotten hurt. But the point is, there is a reason why the Vikings' previous defensive-minded staff liked him. Um, he's got the size, athletic ability, and I think Patrick Jones is a lock to make the roster. And I think Patrick Jones and DJ Wanham give you a very, very competent backup team. I wouldn't want them to have to start immediately, but I think they both have potential to eventually start in this league. Yeah. And here are the PFF stats on those guys from last night. So Patrick Jones led the Vikings with four total pressures. Technically, it was three hurries and one hit. He did not actually get home for a sack. Uh, Harrison Phillips and Armand Watts each had a couple of pressures and one sack each. And then T.Y. McGill had two pressures that were both converted into sacks. And a handful of other guys got at least one pressure in that game last night. But yeah, Patrick Jones, 
flashed with like the him. eyes, and then the, the statistics sort of back up his performance from last night. Mm-hmm. Last thing, be prepared. Ladies and gentlemen, illegal contact is going to be Ugh. enforced early in the season constantly, okay. and we got a taste of it last night. And And look, in the old world, Zim would be going nuts right now. I can't, my guys can't do anything. This is a bunch of crap, okay? Here's the positive spin. I'm going to give you a positive spin. Illegal contact is going to be enforced early in the season across the league. You have Thielen, Jefferson, and Osborne. All right? Um, in Zimmer's world, this this would be nothing but a pain in the ass and negative. In, in Kevin O'Connell's world, this can be spun into, let's use this to our advantage starting September 11th against the Packers. My point is, when you're coming from a point of being an offensive-first, offensive coach team, the, the positive is it's going to go against you, but it's also going to go against your opponent. And this is a rule that, that until they, they probably basically decide in Week 9, we're tired of this rule, this is a rule that your offense can exploit against opponents. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I hope they just keep it to the preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope it was just a point of emphasis, and they're gonna we're, they're gonna scare some teams early here, and then. But you're probably right. They probably do it for the month of September. And then yes, calm down. Yes, I'm just saying prepare. Just what we all wanted, you know. You 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 pull the general population of football fans and say, "What you know, football's great, but what do you want more of? Penalties. I want more laundry every, on the field. Every year, That's man. what I'm every dying year. for. Every year, it's something. <laughs> At least it's it's not. You can sack the quarterback, but don't put 80, 84.1% of your weight on that guy or it's a flag. At least it's not that. One of the stupidest things I've ever seen. That's amazing. They should have some sort of, can they, is there something they can wrap around the quarterback that determines how much weight, you know, oh, that looked, that looked like it was 100% body weight, but actually we went back and reviewed the the scale that's wrapped around the quarterback. It was only 65%. His leg was on the ground. Um, okay, wow. I am looking at the PFF quarterback grades for the Vikings last night. Uh-huh. Let's, we're going to get to those in a second here, but let's tell the audience how they can lose a bunch of weight for this football season like Judd did for last year's football season. That is exactly right. Down 40 pounds thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. And right now I'm going to compare myself because I feel like people are mishearing me. I'm going to compare myself to Kellen Mond, because when I went in and visited my friends and I was 240 pounds, Livia told me flat out, you know what, we're going to help you get to where you want to go, but to reach your goal, to reach the guy that you're looking at, if you are watching on YouTube right now in that picture, you know what it's going to take? Time, patience, and development, Judd. And that is exactly what transpired. Time, patience, and development, a 40-pound loss, and guess what? Most importantly, Keeping that weight off. So like Mond, you you want him to continue to improve, but then you need to continue that improvement across the board. And that is exactly what you you can achieve. Uh, Join the program now. It's the anniversary sale. 50% off. Call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or visit Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com. 50% off right now as part of their anniversary sale. Okay, among quarterbacks, let me see here. I just want to make sure I'm getting this right. Among quarterbacks who have at least 
it looks like uh, at least 10 dropbacks in the first week or two of preseason here. Mm-hmm. There's been some teams, um, some teams have played a couple, well, I guess the Hall of Fame game teams have played twice, right? Anyhow, Kellen Mond has the second highest grade of any quarterback that played in the first week of preseason behind Josh Johnson from Denver. So he was given by Pro Football Focus an 84.8 grade off of that game last night. Um, here's what it said, all right? This, this is just full objectivity here from Pro Football Focus who broke this game down. So he had a big-time throw percentage of 14%. Mm-hmm. He averaged 8.5 yards per attempt, which is very, very good with the two touchdowns. But most importantly, and this is the biggest differentiator between Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond. So uh, Mond threw 14 passes. Mannion threw 12. Average depth of throw. So how far in the air did the ball travel? Mannion, 4.5 yards on average. Dude's been in the NFL. He's been in this system before. Yes. It's a freaking preseason game against backups, and he is still throwing the ball basically to the line of scrimmage or a couple yards beyond it. Mm -hmm. So four and a half yards average depth of throw for Sean Mannion. Mm -hmm. Kellen Mond, 12 and a half average depth of throw. Mm -hmm. Just to give you some context, I think over the course of a season, you're going to see that number sort of settle in between like eight and 10 for good quarterbacks. If you get over 10, you are hucking it down the field on a regular basis. So... Again, it wasn't perfect, but the ability to chunk the ball down the field, the willingness to make those throws—that's what—that's what Kevin. That's why Kevin O'Connell gave him the pat on the helmet. Right? Hell yeah, dude! You're hunting down the field, right? For big plays. And Sean's like, oh no, just dink and dunk. Yeah, dude. What are you doing again? Man? Yes. So uh, I'm looking for a couple other nuggets here too. It's, such a, it's a small sample size. It's one game. Um, it looks like eight of his completions went for. Is that true? I just want to make sure this is accurate, that eight of his nine completions went for first downs. Yep. So, again, chunking the ball down the field, big throws, a willingness to be aggressive and throw the ball into traffic in a couple spots or maybe some tight coverage. Mm-hmm. That that one touchdown pass he threw, I mean, that was like thread a needle on the right side. Yeah, that's a he pass. He zings can, it in there. Yes. You know, that those little pass in-breaking slants. Yep. He made a lot of those in college. So, all I'm saying here is uh, let's give this dude a chance here for a couple weeks and see. And if... We need to pull the pull the plug and go trade for another quarterback. The you know, the Judd plan. There's still time for that, mm-hmm. but I want to see what Mon looks like against San Francisco, and then in the second preseason game. That's very fair. And then okay. you will go get a backup quarterback. QB two. QB two. <laughs> Again, you want the, the most important thing is to continue this development. That's my thing. This program has this team franchise has ruined enough. QBs that I actually think that the nicest thing here now is you've got a chance to truly develop guys and at least find yeah. out. But I do, I know this, the Mannion thing. I do not need to see him take another snap. I I just I can't. Like there's nothing there, and that depth here's, of throw is so on point. Here's another one on the de- <clears throat> excuse me on the depth of throw. Yep. So this is this is all the quarterbacks who played. So sixty one. Looks like 63 quarterbacks. They actually haven't loaded in the overall stats. They haven't loaded in uh, the guys from last night yet. But of all the 60-plus quarterbacks who played in the first week of preseason, Mannion was bottom six in average depth of throw. Yep. Mond was third. Nice. Yeah. 
So I mean that that right there, and again, like you got to you got to make throws, and he did, and you got to complete the, the passes. But the willingness to do it is the is the biggest thing. Mitch Trubisky was the most aggressive. Small sample size; he only threw seven passes. But uh, old Mitch Trubisky and Kellen Mond, just a couple of gunslingers yep. with some mobility. Tr- Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> proving them all wrong, baby. Now in Pittsburgh, amazing. So, all right, uh, that is the that's the wrap on the first preseason game. We'll have some. There's there's plenty more where that came from. They don't practice today, but we'll have more for you tomorrow. Just sort of uh, 48 hours later, observations and thoughts. Some interesting things for what are people saying about the Vikings we can get into throughout the week. And don't forget, we have two new spinoff podcasts within the Purple Daily Network and Umbrella. Realistic Randy Rants with Declan and Before We Die with Jesse and Thor. I know Thor was uh, putting his scouting hat on last night watching that game, so... Check those out on the Purple Daily podcast feed and also on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. And thanks to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company as well for powering these takes on a regular basis. Federated can help power your business with risk management tools and resources, much like having a great offensive line protecting your business. You can find a full list of industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, guys, we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Got to put that work in in the preseason. On November 13th, it's the dawning of a new era when the NFL debuts in Germany live on NFL Network. Brady and the Bucks. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. DK and the Seahawks. Puts the ball up, making a catch. Wake up and watch with the world. It's Sunday morning football. Live from Munich, Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network.